Hi everyone, I'm your host Tajay, and welcome to Positive Growth, where we discuss topics that inspire thought and action. Rise and shine, my lovely listeners, and welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the show. For this week's episode, in recognition of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I wanted to bring my grandma onto my show to give her a place to talk about her 12-year-long relationship that she had where she endured abuse. And for this episode, I do want to give a trigger warning because there will be graphic details of violence in this episode that can be triggering to anyone, whether or not you have witnessed or been a victim of abuse. So trigger warning, please be forewarned. And I really do hope that this episode sheds light on what goes on behind closed doors and helps anyone in need. Hi, Grandma. Thank you so much for coming onto my podcast to tell your story. Before we start, do you mind giving an introduction to yourself? Hi, I am. uh, Everybody calls me Miss Tammy, but all my grandbabies friends call me Grandma. So here I am, Grandma. Thank you again, Grandma, for coming on. For Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I really wanted to have you on my show because I know over time as I've gotten older, you've shared bits and pieces of your story with your abusive relationship. And I really wanted to have you on to talk about it because I felt like this could be sort of healing to you because I know that it's still carries a heavy weight with you and I just wanted to give you this platform to speak so here we are and here is the floor for you to tell your story okay um as I was growing up I lived in San Mateo California I had the best mother and father ever I had a wonderful childhood when I was 17 years old I met the man I thought was going to be my husband for the rest of my life. Everywhere he went, I was there. Wherever I was, he was there. We had a great relationship. Till one day, we I went to get some food for us. And he thought I was gone too long. When I came in the door, he slapped me. There were I weighed about 102 pounds at that point. Mm-hmm. And when he slapped me, my whole world crumbled. But I just figured that at that point he was just upset because I was gone really long. So you felt like it was your fault and not something that was really out of the ordinary and wrong? Yeah, I thought it was it was my fault and everything would get better. So we continue on with our relationship. By this time, I'm about 18 years old. Um, It was horrible. He was a horrible, horrible person. It didn't matter what I did, what I said, what I looked like, or what I wore. Everything was wrong. If he came home from work, and I worked also, and I got off at five o'clock, he got off about the same time. If I didn't make it 
home and have dinner ready. It was horrible. He would hit me with his fist. He would slap me. He hurt me so bad at one point I had um, broken ribs. I walked my own self to the hospital. I don't mean to interject, Grandma, but you saying you walked yourself to the hospital at that time, did you not have anyone that you can call on that would take you or were you too embarrassed to tell anybody? I was way embarrassed. My grandmother, my grandmother lived really, really close, but I couldn't tell anybody because I thought that they would say to me, you're so stupid. Why you allow him to do that to you? My mother raised me to be a strong black woman. But when you have a person that tears you down every day, tells you that you're black, you're skinny, you're ugly, and nobody wants you but me, at one point, that's all you hear in your head. You don't care what anybody else says. All you hear is that idiot in your head saying, nobody wants you, your family don't want you, all I'm here for you, All I'm the only person that's here for you. And at one point, you just believe it. And you just believe it and you just continue on. He was so bad, he would come to my jobs. He would beat me up at my jobs. I would lose my job. He would cut my clothes up. He would cut my shoes up so I couldn't go anywhere. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I wasn't allowed to look at anybody. I had to walk with my head down. It was the most horrific, terrible, horrendous time in my life. After the first time he slapped you, Grandma, did did all of this progress really fast to where it got worse and worse and it escalated very quickly? Yes, it did. And I just figured, oh, he had a bad day at work. He don't get better because I know he loves me. And anyone out there that you think that someone loves you and they hurt you, it's not, it's not true. They don't love you. They have something inside them that's tearing them up. And the first person that's closest to them, they're going to take that out on you. So don't, women out there, if you can hear me, don't let any, any man abuse you, slap you, talk bad to you, none of that, because you are worth a million, a million, a million times more than what they make you feel. When was the first time someone noticed his abuse towards you and did anyone try to intervene? And if they did, did you try to stop them from it? The first time someone noticed was my grandmother. I had taken my baby over to my grandma's house to, for my grandmother to watch uh, my daughter. And he had choked me so bad. I had scratches and wel whelps on my neck. And my grandma said, what happened to your neck, baby? And I lied and I said, oh, grandma, I was frying chicken. And she took her hand, she says, you're lying. I said, no, grandma, no, grand, for real, that's what happened. And she knew then, but she didn't say anything because she knew that no matter what they would help me with, I would always go back to him. I left him eight times. 
The last time I left him, it was because he had beat me so bad. I had a stroke. I had three strokes. I'm sorry. I had three strokes and I had open heart surgery. All because of the abuse. And were those three strokes all at once or was it over time you had the three strokes? The first one I had was at the house and I went to the to the um to the hospital in the ambulance. Then while I was in there, I had two more. And they saw that he had beat me in the leg with a fire poker and the blood clot traveled from my from my leg to my brain and that's why I had the strokes. Then they found that I had a hole in my heart from all the abuse and I had to have open heart surgery. And that was in 19... 1987. Yes, 1987. My goodness, Grandma. <clears throat> I'm really sorry. This is my first time hearing this, and this is really hard for me to even know that my grandma did suffer through this. And how long did this relationship last? About 12 years about 12 years. I took the abuse for 12 years or more. I, it's so been so long ago. I try not to remember, but things trigger it. Like when I see the movies on television and I see that the ladies are being abused. And I, sometimes I can't watch them because I see myself and it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard because I don't want anybody, anybody to be abused like that. I'm an advocate for it. If someone is hurting you, please, God, don't let, don't stay. Because they're going to say that, oh, I love you. It's going to be okay. I won't do it anymore. But they're lying. They're telling you stories. They're going to continue to do it until either you're going to be dead or you're going to be so messed up. You don't even know who you are anymore. And that's how I was. But thank the Lord. I had my mother, my grandmother, and my whole family that stood behind me after they found out. But I never told my mom because I know my mom, how my mother was. And she, she wouldn't allow him to do that to me anymore. She might have killed him. And I didn't want my mom to go to jail because that's the only I had was my mom. <laughs> You mentioned you didn't tell Granny or anyone in the family about what you were going through because you didn't want them to intervene because you know what it would lead to. Was that more of to protect them because you didn't want them to go to jail or anything to happen to them if they did intervene? Yes, that was my mama. And uh, I only had my mom at that time. And no matter what, I was going to protect my mom. I was just going and take the abuse because I know that my mother found out that she would hurt that fool. I couldn't allow my mom to go to jail or my brothers or my sister to do anything like that because I was the one that was stupid enough to take that abuse from that, that person. I have forgiven him, but believe me, I have never forgotten. Mm -hmm. I would never let one man, two men, a million men ever raise their voice to me, put their hands on me, because if that happens, I don't know. I would be, I couldn't control myself. 
I don't know what I would do, but I'm too old to go to jail. <laughs> I'm too old to go to jail, but you can just believe me. People are listening to me. I would hurt that person and I'd hurt that person bad. And I wouldn't, I would mean it because all the things that has been, that has been done to me by the person I was married to would flood back into my memory and I would just go blank and they would be hurt really bad. So I could say, Yeah. <laughs> how do you think this relationship as traumatic as it is hindered you from maybe being in relationships with other men? Well, I had a boyfriend, I had two boyfriends since him and I loved them, but you know, it was always, I didn't trust them. I don't trust any men. I trust no one. If you have two legs and you have a penis, I am not that one to talk to, okay? Because I don't trust you. I don't care. I think you're, a, because he was a cheater. He was an abuser. I, he hit me. He did everything he could to bring me down to to think I was a pea pod that you can barely see. But men these days, I don't know. I just don't trust them. And I don't have a boyfriend now. I'm not looking for anybody because I I would scrutinize you to the end. And it would always be there's something that I know that you're sneaky. I don't do sneaky. If I love you, I fall hard for you, then you hurt my then you break my heart, then it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yes. <laughs> Do you think that with that, Grandma, it skewed your view of men and that maybe it's um, preventing you from finding someone that could actually really be good for you, but you have it in the back of your head that you're going to get hurt or they're going to do something to you, so you look for things that may not even be there? Yes, I do. I, I can I can agree to that, yes. Because I know that this person I may meet later on down in my life, by the way, I'm 67 years old and I'm fabulous. Yes, but anyway, I look for things that probably aren't even there, but I have to make sure that I protect myself. I have my daughter, I have my grandchildren, I have one grandson and two granddaughters. I don't ever, ever want my grandchildren to go through any of this kind of stuff. That's all you have is my family. I only have them. And now that I live with my family, it's okay. I, I like men. If one asked me out on a date, I would be scared. I really would be scared. And I have to have one of my family members in the corner watching because I don't know what their intentions are. They may have great intentions, but with my protection to myself, I don't trust any men. Again, yeah. Were there ever any parts of the relationship that weren't abusive after it started to where you thought that things were finally turning around and it was ending? Yeah, sometimes he would be a good person and I would say to myself, okay, it's over now, he gonna be okay. But then at that point, I found that he was using intravenous drugs. I 
found that he, I found needles in the bathroom and his shirt pockets. I would just take the top of the needles and break them. He would never say anything to me, but I know that if he didn't have his drugs, that's when he was more abusive. When he had them, he was a little bit more calm, but it was always something. Um, if I didn't say hi to him the right way, or if I didn't, um, make dinner that he liked it was bad he would take the plates and throw them against the wall he would just choke me he would put guns on my head and play russian roulette and and at this point my daughter was about three years old she would be on my lap while he was doing all these bad things to me especially when the russian roulette she was on my lap he put one bullet in a gun spun it put it to my head and clicked it by this time I have used a bathroom myself. My daughter is screaming, crying, and he's laughing. He was a son of a bitch, and he's still a son of a bitch. He's still alive again, but he's a son of a bitch. His mother was there sometimes. She would watch him abuse me and wouldn't say a word. She was a coward also. I remember one time that I was going to let allow him to see my daughter his brother called me and said, Tammy, if you let him see her, he said he would never bring her back to you. I took that as thank you, Lord, as a warning from God to know that if I allowed him to take my baby with him, that I would never see her again. I told him, oh, I'm sorry, she's sick, she can't come. And he never saw her again. It's not his daughter, but she was there when he was there when I had her. And that's it. Yes. So with your daughter being there, my mama, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, it's just a lot, Grandma, that you went through, and I'm just in awe that you're still here and still such a beautiful soul but you, <laughs> you're welcome grandma but with mama being there i know that you're trying to protect her like how was it for you going through that with her there and seeing all of this i'd have to just um just tell her it's gonna be okay mama's gonna protect you i'll always protect you no matter what but he was so fucking mean that he would always say to her, your mama don't love you. Your mama don't love you. She, she, she's a good, she's a bad person. To this day, because he's an idiot, he would say to you, if anyone in the world asked him what he did to me, he would say, I was lying. He didn't do anything to me. Yeah, he's sick. He's a sick person. Sick person. Yeah. Were there ever any police files reported? or The neighbors that lived next door to us heard him beating me. They called the police. My whole face was black and blue and my nose was bleeding. I told the police when they came to the house that I fell. And they said, ma'am, just, just tell us the truth. I said, oh, no, officer, I'm okay, I fell. And he had taken my, my head, my whole face and slammed it into the hood of a car. And my whole face was just bleeding. My eyes were black. 
And the policeman just kept on saying, ma'am, just tell us. And I said, no, I failed, sir. And they were just shaking their head because they knew that he abused me. Yep. And was he protecting him in that way? Did it go back to you not wanting your family to know because of what you knew they would do? Or was it you just felt like you had to protect him? I felt I had to protect him because if I didn't, then I would get a worse beating. So any time that people would say something to me, I would always say, I fell, um, I had a car accident, um, I was walking down the street and somebody just came by and hit me in the back of the head. I'd always have an excuse. So when you see movies on television and you see the ladies lying, that's how I was. I told stories to cover up his abuse because I didn't want him to go to jail. Yep. How did you cope, Grandma, whenever you had time to yourself? Did you have any sort of outlet you could go to to deal with what you're going through at home? Sometimes my savior was my baby. I would just, just hug her and just hold her to make sure that she was safe and that I was able to cope. I would just try to talk to my own self and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But it was never okay. It was never okay. And I, I just think now that I look back on all those years that he abused me and I can say, I survived. I have a 12 inch scar down the middle of my chest when I had the open heart surgery. I used to be so ashamed of that scar. I would wear turtlenecks so nobody can see it. But now, that's my survival scar. I survived their abuse of a man that was unworthy of my love. I can tell you guys, I loved him so, so much. And I thought that I was going to be his wife forever. But it didn't work out that way. I'm not bitter anymore. I'm just happy that he ain't my husband no more, okay? That's all I can say. <laughs> and you're saying earlier that he's still alive. Has he ever tried to reach out to you? Or how did things go when you went when you finally left him and went your separate way? When I left, it was one day. I had just had the open heart surgery and I was home. And me, my mother had a plan. She says, when he leaves to go to work, baby, you call me. I couldn't wait till he went to work. I called my mama. She was at my grandmama's house that lived about four blocks from where I lived. She came and scooped me up. I took some of my baby's clothes. I left everything in that house. I don't care. I didn't care about any. I cared about my daughter and my survival. He had the nerve to call me when he found that I had left. He told me I'm going to cut my, he slit his wrist that he was trying to commit suicide. And I said to him, damn, you didn't, it didn't work. Shit, you still here? Damn. And his mom, his mom got on the phone and said, how dare you say that to me about him? I said, you know what? I don't want to talk to you ever again in life because you didn't help me. If you have a son and you see that your son is abusive, you're supposed to help the lady. You ain't supposed to just be on his side because she was afraid of, afraid of him also. Yeah. He was, he was a ruler of the house. No matter what he said, 
Everyone did. So when I was keeping myself, um, keeping myself to not per se to be in trouble, whatever he said for me to do, I would do to keep that peace in that house. But sometimes that didn't work. When he didn't have his drugs, smoke crack, whatever he did, and he didn't have it, it was my fault and he would just go off on me. He was a cheater. He had women to come to pick him up. They will call him. He didn't care. He didn't care about my feelings no, no matter what. They came to knock on the front door where we live. He would leave with them. He'd be gone two, three, four, five days. And then and I come and he would come back like it was he went to, to the grocery store and came back. And he thought he was everything was hunky dory. Mm-hmm. But he was a fucking fool. Yes, that's what he is. Yeah. When you left for the final time, did you ever think about going back? Never. When I left that last time, I I my dad used to say I dusted my feet feet off at that door and I never looked back. I didn't give a damn what happened to him. When he called me and told me that that he had tried to kill himself, and I was like, "Damn, and you didn't do it!" But he's still alive to this day again. But no, I never, ever, ever, ever thought about going back because I thought that when I found out that I was still alive, I said to myself, "I can't do this to my child anymore. My baby was the most important thing, and most important thing in my life, and I never looked back." And like, again, he's still alive and I hope he rots in hell whenever he leaves this earth. Has he ever tried reaching out to you over the years since you left? Yes. Matter of fact, he called me on my birthday, uh, September the 7th of uh, 2022 uh, and had the nerve to wish me happy birthday. I said to myself, I know you crazy. You, you reached out and first thing I didn't know how he got my freaking phone number. And matter of fact, I deleted him the other day because you have no right to ever speak to me again after all the shit you put me through. You can't talk to me. If you see me on the street, please don't speak to me because I might may cuss you out till you'll be crying and your head will be swimming. I'm not playing that anymore with no one, no one. I don't really want to say advice because I don't think there's ever advice you can give to someone going through this because I feel like from listening to you and also from personal experience, you have to you have to want to leave yourself and there's nothing that anyone can tell you. You have to find that out. But is there anything that you would like to say to someone that's going through this currently? I want to say if you're going through this currently, please leave. Don't let it get so bad where you're hurt. If you watch things on television, these men have shot these women, set them on fire, and actually ended their lives. Don't allow that to happen to you. Please, if you see the signs, you have one red flag, don't wait for the second one. Get to stepping right away. Grandma, I really just want to thank you for coming on my podcast and using this platform to tell your story because I know that this is really hard for you and I see the triggers that you go through and how it affects you to this day. 
And I really do hope that this has been sort of a healing experience for you because I really just want you to know that you are loved. We all love you and we all want the best for you. Thank you, my granddaughter. I love you. And I hope that what the words I have given and wisdom that I've given to everyone out there that's listening, please take heed. One red flag, don't stay. Please leave. And I love my grandbaby. I love you guys for listening to what I had to say today, okay? Have a great day. Thank you, Grandma. (laughs) I just want to say thank you again to my grandma for being comfortable enough to share all that she had endured on my platform. And it helped me learn so much more about her and have so much more appreciation for the person that she is. And even though she does drive me crazy sometimes, I sure do love her. For this series that I'm doing to raise awareness for domestic violence, I'm really teetering on whether or not I feel comfortable enough telling my story for next week's episode but I feel like this is something that I really need to do to get it off my chest and to put it out there. I know that when we normally think of domestic abuse we think of physical. Um, For what I had endured it was mostly emotional and mental with a lot of intimidation and threats. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable enough telling it yet, but I think it's something that needs to be done. So be on the lookout for that episode next week. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on for future episodes. And to keep up to date and in the know, please follow Positive Growth, the podcast on IG. Talk to you guys next time. Bye.